you've heard me say many times, um, Sandra, there's another one on the, where Julie's sitting if they need another copy. Yeah, thank you. You've heard me say many times, and we want to keep that in front of you, that everything we know about the Christian life is bound up in this book. It's not what somebody else says, it's what the book says. And from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, it's all about the redemption of mankind all about the redemption of mankind we've been talking about the Israelites it was all about the land Abraham if you'll get up and go to a place that I'll show you I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you and if you go to this land that you haven't seen and you don't know where he is but I'll, I'll, I'll lead you there I'll give it to you he repeated that same blessing to Isaac. He repeated that same blessing to Jacob. And you've heard us talk about going down to Egypt and growing from a family of 70 to a nation of 2,000. And, and they, they um, were under oppression. They were told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. The Egyptians were, were there. Then they cried to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses, who was a shepherd for the priest of Midian on the backside of the desert in, in Midian. And he was at Mount Sinai where the burning bush experience was. And he says, you, you go get my people and bring them out. And we understand how that happened, the plagues. We understand that Pharaoh's army was drowned. And it was all about the land. But yet, they needed, they needed some structure. Freedom, which they were freedom free then, it has a responsibility to it. And they said, we need, we need some structure. And little by little, God is giving them this structure. And on the mount, he says, Moses, you know, bring the people close. And they were close. And he spoke in the fire and the, and the smoke and then in the thunder. And he gave what we know today as the Ten Commandments. Now, that brings us to where we are today. Art took us through uh, Thou Shalt Not Murder. I'll pick up where he left off. Look at this piece of paper that says the Ten Commandments on it. And if, if you will, go to the very back page. Uh, I've got a disclaimer there. Um, when we share materials and articles which we take from the internet, we share the writer's views. Sometimes we agree wholeheartedly and other times we disagree on some points. But this is what I want to guide us all the time. John 1:17. For the law was given through Moses, 
but grace and truth will realize through Jesus Christ. Art now will never guide you or teach you something that we know is false. Now we might do something in ignorance and we want you to tell us, Bill, you're off base on, on, on those points. So that brings us to this document. This was in what we had last week. We don't know who the author is, but I've given credit to where it came from there. Uh, but we don't know who the individual author is. And he starts off, go back to page one, he starts off and he says, uh, A1, the Ten Commandments are perhaps the best known law in all the world. His next point is that the Ten Commandments may be the least understood in the world. And B, he says, B1, few people understand that the Ten Commandments were for the Jews only. Now, I haven't had many surveys that people call me on the phone and says, answer yes or no. I don't like those because I got something else to say besides yes or no. So this gentleman has said, or whoever wrote this, he says that in the that the Ten Commandments were for the Jews only. And that's true. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a caveat there. But uh, they're applicable to us today. Now, uh, Velta in Bible school, and she reminded me of this fact this morning, that one of her professors says all of Scripture is... It's not all to you, but it's all for you. Okay. It's not all to you, but it's all for you. And I think that's pretty good. He starts off here in point two. While the Ten Commandment law was effective, Jeremiah the prophet pro prophesied that the Lord would make a new and different covenant in the future. And he quotes Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Guess what? That's to the Jews too. That's to the Jews too. But his next point B is that a new covenant would be the gospel would be of available to all people. Now if you go to the scripture, and I've done this simply because in a, in a, to, to be, uh, uh, to do it quickly or quicker. Uh, if you see the page that says Romans 10, 5, this is not new scripture to you. But the new covenant would be this. For Moses writes that a man who practiced the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. Verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart a person believes, resulting in salvation, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting excuse me, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So that's where we are today. We preach a whosoever will gospel. Whosoever will may come. Now, the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Testament, as Art said last time, and we're going to go to a little bit of that a lot. And it's not listed in a, in a form like we have in Exodus um, 20 or Deuteronomy 5, but it's scattered all in the teachings of Jesus through the New Testament. And I've picked out some here that we'll talk about. So what I'm trying to say is that Jesus himself and Paul himself came back and reiterated the things we know as the Ten Commandments. But every time it was expanded. I mean, when the Lord um, gave them to Moses, he didn't give a lot of explanation. And maybe there was not a lot of explanation needed, but we've kind of confuse the issues we go down through time where we're going to pick it up today is in Exodus chapter 20 verse 14 and it just simply says you shall not commit adultery <coughs> there you go <laughs> plain and simple isn't it we've kind of complicated that thing but let's look at some scripture here that comes from the New Testament that'll show us that it's still for us today. They weren't written to us, but they're still for us today. Let's look at this scripture in Mark 10. As he set out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he says, Teacher, I've kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you like, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, and come follow me. But at these words he was saddened and went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. <coughs> Which covenant, I'm sorry, I let the cat out of the bag. Which commandment did he, did he not quote? Jesus didn't quote, thou shalt not covet, at that. But he said, so Jesus himself says, you know these commandments, you know where it is. Okay, let's look at the next scripture, Romans 3, uh, 13 8. Oh, no man, excuse me, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it's summed up in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul again is... Listing it out. Look at 1 Timothy 1.8. But we know that the law is good. 
if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but those who are lawless and rebellious for the ungodly and the sinner, for the unholy and the profane, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, for the immoral man, the homosexual, the kidnappers, the liars, the perjurers, whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted. Paul said many times when we studied Romans, he said the law is to guide you. It's your schoolmaster, as he said, to bring you into the knowledge of the truth. Okay, Matthew 5, 17. Do not think I came to abolish the law of the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say unto you, until heaven and earth shall pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever has annulled one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's Jesus talking. Yes. Can you point out where, where we are? are we it's, you're on that page, baby. On, see what Ken's got you. All right, we're down down to Matthew 22. Matthew 22:35. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? He said to them, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is likened to it: You shall love your neighbor as yourself." On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. It's for us today. It was not written to us. Okay? Now, turn to page... Turn to page 5. We're going to pick up with the seventh commandment. Oh, that was free. <laughs> okay. All right. All God told Moses to write down, like we've said, you shall not commit adultery. That's what he said. Now go back to the scripture where I say, honoring marriage, you shall not commit adultery. You with me? Second Samuel. You know this story. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman and said, Is this not Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent a messenger and took her. And when she came to him, he lay with her. And when she had purified herself from her uncleanliness, she returned to her house. The woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I'm pregnant. Thou shalt not commit adultery. David was walking around on the roof of his house. That was okay. He looked. That was okay. 
But when he stopped and said, who is that lady? I think she's mighty beautiful. Bring her to me. That wasn't okay. That wasn't okay. Yeah, he'd been in, in at battle where most of the other ones are. That sin led to murder. And David was in trouble. If you remember when Joshua was going into the, prom, into the promised land and they went to the city of Ai and, and they went in there and they, he said, take nothing. Don't bring anything back. And then they went to another city and they had problems. And God told Moses, he says, or Joshua, that there's sin in the camp. And they found the wedge of gold in the man's tent. And he says, I saw it and I wanted it. One of the best Bible teachers I've ever been under was a retired missionary from the Congo. Y'all remember the Congo in your, in your books? And I was in college and she made this statement that I've used many, many times. I've, I've used it in, in here. You can't keep the bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. It's the second look. It's the bringing it back up. I've been in enough offices to know how things go. It's not you don't wake up this morning and say, I believe I'm going to have an affair. That's not how it works. It's the little flirtatious and the little, you know where I'm going. The little things that happen and brings it on and on and on and before you know it, you're in a full-blown affair. Don't do it. Don't do it. Keep yourself clean. Keep yourself clean. Look at the next scripture we've got there, Psalm 51. David prayed, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know by transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being and in the inner... <clears throat> part excuse me and in the inner part you will make known wisdom purify me with hyssop and shall and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow make me hear the glad the joy and gladness let my bones which you have broken rejoice hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities create in me a clean heart O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me and do not cast me away from your presence but take your Holy Spirit 
and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will be converted unto you. Warren Wiersbe said, he said, like David the adulterer, the adulteress must live with the sad consequences of unforgiven sin. They must live with the knowledge of that sin, but there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness. Look at the next scripture I've got there, John 8. But Jesus went from the mountain of olives early in the morning. He came again unto the temple, and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach. And the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, having set her, excuse me, ha, having set her in the center of the court. They said unto him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. When do you, <clears throat> when do you, you say? Verse 6. And they were saying this to test him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote in the ground. And when they had persisted to ask him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and rode on the ground, and when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone with the woman. Where she was in the center of the court, straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are, are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go and sin no more. In the Old Testament law, adultery was a capital punishment offense. When they were, they were, they would stone both of them, the man and the woman. And Scripture says you will purge the evil from among the camp. That's the Old Testament law. Jesus said, I love you. What you did is wrong, but go and sin no more. Okay, let's look back at this page, page 5. Under G, the commandment 7, you shall not commit adultery. Romans 13, 9, for the commandments you shall not commit adultery. We read that. Matthew 5, you have heard it been said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's that second look Wiersbe's talking about. Bringing it up a second time, that's where you get in trouble. Matthew 19, 9, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. 
and whoever marries her is a divorce commits adultery. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And he lists, he lists a, a list there. All sin can be forgiven if we come, confess it, forsake it, and move on. Learn from your mistakes and go from that. But in the Old Testament, God simply said, don't do it. That's still good advice. Just don't do it. Okay. The next commandment. He says, don't steal. You shall not steal. Okay. Wiersbe says, there's three ways to get money. Uh, to get um, things you want, get wealth. Work for it, have it given to you, or steal it. Don't steal it. Don't steal it. Where am I, Art? <laughs> Thank you. I, I need to need to pick up a take up a offering and buy a new one of these things. <laughs> I've got one scripture there, Ephesians four twenty eight. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor. Listen to this now. Performing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share with one who is in need. We work for what we, we need and for the sustenance of life, but we also work so we can share. That's, that's the whole thing about it. I take a little... Well, I can't think of the name of it right now, so I don't need to say it, I suppose. But anyway, don't steal. Uh, I don't like a thief. <laughs> I just, it just gets my goat, you know. We... being in business and being in construction trade uh, we built a Walmart distribution center in Shelby, North Carolina this has been several years ago but we uh, our company had cordless drills and we had a trailer we had a battery bank station in there that you the boys would brass in their their tool and the next morning they would 
put their battery in there when they left and charge it and we had extra batteries. I can't tell you how many drills I bought. What happened to your drill? I don't know, Mr. Bill, I turned around and it was gone. We bought enough cordless DeWalt drills for everybody in Shelby, I think. <laughs> you know where I'm talking about, Ray? I just don't, you know, it's, it's not yours. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Okay. Speaking truth. Verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Some scripture there I've got. Proverbs six fifteen. Therefore this calamity will come suddenly, instantly. He will be broken and there is no healing. Verse 16. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil. A false witness who utters lies. And one who spreads trife, strife among brothers. Under, under the part that says... You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor on the second page. Okay. Foundational, foundational to what we do in life is speaking truth. Folks, we're in a mess today. Where is truth? It almost has degenerated to the fact that truth is anything you want it to be. And yet there is truth, absolute truth. This is it, absolute truth. God told him, he says, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Speak truth. Speak truth. All right, back to our scripture page. Proverbs twelve fourteen. He who speaks a truth tells what is right, but a false witness is deceit. Proverbs nineteen nine. A false witness will go unpunished, but he who tells the truth will perish. He who tells lies will perish. I pulled a Jim Osteen on you there. Proverbs 24, 28. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause. And do not deceive with your lips. 1 Peter 2, 1. Therefore putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. 
Tell the truth. Don't spread tales. This joke, this lady went to the altar one day and the preacher had preached about gossiping and he uh, went there and she came up there. She says, Preacher, I want to lay my tongue on the altar. He said, Lady, there's 28 feet here. Put as much as you can on it. <clears throat> but just speak the truth. Don't tell tales. Look at page 6 on your, this other note. Commandment 9. 1 Peter 3.10 He who would love life and sees good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and all his lips from speaking deceit. Matthew 19, we've looked at that scripture already. Luke 3.14 Likewise, soldiers asking him, what shall we do? He said to them, do not intimidate one or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. Matthew 15, 19 through 24, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, and so forth. These things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Speak the truth. Commandment number nine. Excuse me, commandment number ten. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Covet. In some respects, this is one of the worst ones. Wiersbe says, that is first commandment. The first commandment says, have no other gods before me. This first commandment and this commandment has to do with what's in your heart. What's in your heart. Covetous people will break all of God's commandments because at the heart of sin is sin in the heart. To covet is to feed inward desires for anything that God says is sinful. We've kind of cleaned this thing up as, as covetous. We, we, we do that a lot, you know. Uh, we, we don't covet, we just uh, compare. Compare what somebody else has to what we have you know I driving a new Lexus I sure would like to have a new Lexus you know it's <laughs> don't covet be content with what you've got the definition of covet is to desire what belongs to another.
GotQuestions.org says, Where several of the commandments prohibit certain actions such as murder, theft. This one addressed the commandments that addresses the inner person. <coughs> his heart and his mind. The inner person is where sin originates. It is this sin, covetousness, is the forerunner of all manner of sin. Among them, theft, burglary, embezzlement. The root of coveting is the result of envy, a sin which, once it takes root in the heart, leads to worse sin. Envy goes beyond casting a longing glance at a neighbor's new car once dwelled upon. Envy of the neighbor's possessions can turn into a feeling of resentment, resentment and hatred for the neighbor himself. That can turn into resentment against God and question Him. Why can't I have what He has? Do you love me enough to give me what I want? I was talking to my dad one day kind of a begrown in the fact that I didn't have any money. You know, that it kind of came out. I was mulligrubbing and said, you know, I envy all these people that taking all these vacations and have mountain houses and beach property and all this kind of stuff. Dad looked at me and this hadn't haunted me, but it's come back many, many, many times. He said, Bill, we've had enough. We've had enough. God will give you what you need, and that is enough. We covet because of our sinful hearts. We covet because of our sinful hearts. Let's look at this scripture just a minute on the controlling desires at the bottom of the page, Ephesians 5.1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you, an offering and a sacrifice to God, a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity of greed must not be named among you. It's not proper among the saints. And there must be no filth, filthiness or silly talk, of course, jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For you know what with certainty that no immoral or impurl, impure person or covetous man who is an idolater will inherit the kingdom of God. Colossians 3, 5. Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked 
when you, you were living in them, but now you also put aside all anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth, and do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self and its evil practices, and have put on the new self, which is the renewing to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created you. The Ten Commandments. They weren't written to us, but they're for us. And we'll pick up next week with uh, verse 18, and we will go on, see what Moses has got for us in the rest of the book of Exodus. Any comments? Okay. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you wrote down a long time ago, or I had Moses write down a long time ago, these things we call the Ten Commandments. And Father, we thank you. And we thank you through time and through truth and grace, Jesus came and he expanded on these things and said, Yes, that's the starting place, but there's more to it. For God, Father, forgive us for this evil heart that we have, that we devise these evil plans and these evil um, desires. Father, help us to be the men and women that you want us to be. Fathers, we go to the further service. We ask a very special blessing on Brother Bobby as he preaches to us today. May we listen. May we listen rightly. And after he preaches, Lord, let us affirm him to be our next pastor. And we thank you for all you are to us. And you, we thank you for the being the Lord of our life. And we thank you that there's forgiveness. So bless us as we go from this place. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen.